2: It's the Millwall Fan Show on
1: Love Sport.
3: know Friday nights often one for like a party. You know, people go out, people have a have a drink, have a bit of a boogie. But the dance moves we've seen in in sort of the uh, one one and a half meter vicinity of me uh, are utterly shambolic. It's Millwall Tahiti. He, were, you were rowing the boat. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what that was. That was a Hawaii Five O reference. You,
4: oh, you're right. too young.
3: Yeah, good evening. This is the Millwall Fan Show on Love Sport Radio with. Um, with Ashton Millwall. How are you Nick? I'm good. It's, it's been y- a while. Yaki da,
4: boyo. I went to Wales last week. Y- what? I went Boyo. <laughs> West <Welsh>. Oh nice. <laughs> Borderland, That strange <laughs> hinterland between England and Wales. Hereford meets uh, the Bracken Beacons. Delightful. Yeah it was, it was nice. It was it was rural a deal. Rural a deal.
3: What what I want to know is um is what ever happened to to the actual Tahiti Millwall Twitter account because he he, le- he popped up last week
4: he did. And that's a really weird thing because that actually when I Years ago, when the first one on Twitter, I saw Mill Tahiti, uh, and the song is ancient, as one of my dad's old albums. And I uh, just associated Mill Tahiti. That's why I named that particular track with my you
3: know, voice over at Mill Tahiti because of that Twitter account. I think I think he must have picked up just a stray bit of
5: Wi-Fi on the island somewhere. <laughs> <laughs>
3: we've
4: just got like, we've
5: got fans all over the world. Mate. The old
3: connection here, and they <laughs> hey,
5: I might as well tweet everyone, <laughs> let him know I'm alive. And actually, added him. He'd obviously just searched for his name.
3: Yeah, I know. It's a, it's actually incredible. The guy actually searched for his name was like just the like, I'm here. It's like, whoa! <laughs> I am here.
6: I did wonder where I'd come from. So yeah, yeah.
4: yeah. a real Twitter account. I mean, uh, Tahiti, long the other side of the world. So it, it, there
3: we are. It, it, it's really a bloke somewhere in Lewisham. <laughs> somewhere. <laughs> just <laughs> like sitting in a <laughs> in Lewisham. Lewisham. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, just like somewhere around there. Uh, Lucas, the stat man, ball is
5: with us. Yeah, is that what we're <laughs> going with now? <laughs> yeah, got stats for us. Uh, not too many no. yet. A few later on.
3: No, and Sam Brown as well. How are you doing?
6: I'm very well. Thank
3: you, Aaron. Yeah, one tag team back again. Right, where do we start? Millwall 3, Ipswich Town 0. Uh, you couldn't really say they had a new manager. Back. Was he sacked after it before? Before he was before. Before. Before, before it, isn't it? And, and yeah. you know, they had a caretaker manager in Brian Klug, I believe his <laughs> name is. <laughs> or the <brief.
4: laughs> The beauties were Brief, and Lambert, Paul Lambert was
3: in the crowd
4: apparently watching his new. Charges. Wouldn't it be
3: good if his is um his assistant manager's called Butler, <laughs> or Martin Butler, the former wedding striker or something like that?
4: And and BBC describes Ipswich it, as hapless, hapless. Is, is that a fair description, Lucas? You were there, mate.
5: Yeah, I think so To be honest, they weren't they weren't very good at all and made Mill probably look better than they were um, I mean out of the
6: three games Mill actually had that week um, it was probably the, the worst performance mm. if you like but what a week and what I said it before that you know Reading Wigan Ipswich huge week and to get six points out of nine is definitely what the Lions needed yeah, and think... it's always nice to play a team when they just lose their manager I mean Villa played Villa at a perfect time too mm. and um, yeah it's nice yeah. to be back on this uh, momentum
5: yeah. Trail that, that normally doesn't go too well for us. So, we're normally good at being the last team a manager plays before they get sacked. If they sack their manager before they play us, that's normally when we end up losing.
4: We have quite a track record the curse of Millwall. I mean, I, I mean the ones that spring immediately to mind Sven, Goran Eriksson got do sacked up again that? but Steve coppel has been sacked a couple of times when Mill beat him. Um, Palace so do you and wedding. Toma- I think is Thomas Frank tomorrow is, is in for the chop. <laughs> <laughs> they're on a slide. Brent, a Brentford are on a, a, a deep slide. Obviously, they've lost um, not Dean Dean Smith. I mm. Dean Saunders in my mind. No, Dean, definitely Dean, not Dean Smith oh. Different bloke entirely. But they they're on have, a slide. They uh, haven't
6: won in eight. No. Is it a good time to be playing them? Is it the Reading situation where Reading also needed to pull something out of the bag? Is it is well, tomorrow of the day? or? The, is the
3: difference between Reading and Brentford is that Reading are actually really rubbish and Brentford actually have some decent players in there. Reading Red, are horrendously bad. I've always admired Brentford's style of play. I mean, it, it's. I don't think it would work
4: at the den, personally. No. I think that the, the possession, knocking it about.
5: Too much passing. But the way they recruit as well. Yeah, is...
4: um, Holloway tried to get that going a bit. This, uh, yeah. You know, Know, there, there was initially there was some method to the madness.
6: The madness.
5: Um, That's being kind.
4: Yeah, but that was his aim. Um, but I don't think it works at the day. No, I, I, I think we're we're nothing but. We, we need drama. We need the ball played long early, whether into channels to to Steve Morrison or, or Tom Elliott at the moment. We need that kind of approach, and then the football played in the last third, as they say.
5: Yeah, and then you've got no risk of you know if you're trying to play out from your back if you then lose it in your in your last third then obviously they've got a little bit easier of a chance to score than what they have if you're, if you're playing decent football in the final third How many teams lose have you seen this season
4: Sam who've knocked the ball around in their own penalty area trying to play it out playing this beautiful game trying to be, you know, uh, Ajax 1973, um, and can you, you know, we, we, this would not put up without the Den, they're going to be, the comment would be torrential, wouldn't it?
5: Yeah.
6: The Den, you know, and two wins back at the Den, that's what we needed under the light, Um and I'm just so glad that we did get the six points, because Wigan half-time if ever Millwall needed to pull out a performance mm. and I was thinking 2-1 down and the way that we went 2-1 down I think the way that penalty was, no, the free quick, the free kick yeah. uh, right on strike at half-time we were playing so, so well if Millwall ever had to find character mm. that was a the moment there because we no one luck, could believe it
4: they missed the penalty, didn't they? they got given the penalty which was outrageously... Yeah, it was a yeah, poor it was,
5: decision, um, fault, wasn't it? To <coughs> I the think least. that
6: that decision or that moment could possibly be the biggest of the mm. season. If that had gone in, it was game over.
4: Seasons turn on moments like that. They don't do, they? you know. And we had, we had a stroke of luck. I think we got a bit of a soft penalty of ourselves, but we took that chance, and then on to Saturday's game where. As Lucas has said, I mean, we we do struggle against poorer teams. I mean, was it last season? Was it uh, Burton? Got beat at home by Burton, didn't we? And uh, Barnsley, wasn't it? And Barnsley. Um, So to, you know, even if it was not the greatest of performances, to come out with a 3-0 win at at home in those circumstances is is big. And
6: And I always say, with champions, you don't have to play well. It's about getting the results and not saying that we are going to be champions, even though I'm sure you get very good odds at the bookies right there. But, um, you know, you don't have to play beautiful football, play particularly well um, to get results. And I think Mill have been playing great football this season in in elements, and we yeah. haven't been getting the results we deserve, where it's nice to play ugly. Well, as I say, points.
3: goals change games and points make prizes, don't they? They do. <laughs> they, they certainly do. <laughs> 10 past nine. Uh, we've had a question in from Twitter, we'll be answering that next on last week.
5: Love sports.
3: Yeah, we've had a tweet in um, from Peter Hayne. Do you know, Pete? Hi, Pete. I don't know but Hello, Peter. No, Pete. Um, he is put in... Uh, 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 he's, well, he's inserted a picture mm. of a, uh, a Millwall programme from the FA Cup third round, Saturday, January 28th, 1967. Yep. And I presume, firstly... He's, he's asked a question off of it. Um, I presume, firstly, it was played later in the month, maybe due to the fact that no one had undersaw heating.
4: Yeah, yeah. I mean, the old den was always a good pitch. It, there weren't many postponements at the old mm. den. Um, Charlton used to suffer with um, a waterlogged pitch because of being a valley and very little... Um,
3: Is it a valley? D- <laughs>
4: um, uh, I'm going to even just ignore that. That's, yes. <laughs> sorry, that was really bad on my... Our, thought, our pitch at the Cold Balling was a pretty good one, but it didn't have undersoil heating, that's for sure. Um, was that the third round? Was it? Yeah. The, uh, um, program. Yeah. So, so
3: um, Peter's question is: Do you know why games at the old Den used to kick off at three fifteen? Yes, I do. Go for it. Would you like me to share it with you? We, w-
4: yeah. Um, Millwall is, is a docklands club, and in the sixties uh, up to the early seventies, uh, I'm old enough just to about remember the docks still existing. Um, the dockers on a Saturday would work on Saturday mornings, and so Millwall were granted special permission from the football league to start 15 minutes later because men would be working in the morning and would then come f- via the pub, obviously at the end of the morning shift to the den. So we had um, a three fifteen kickoff. Off, um traditional and yeah that was that was, what the, was the
3: last 315
5: kickoff
4: it was before my time. The docks, I think, closed in the very late 60s. Containerisation. They all moved out to Tilbury, and um, the docks became derelict. Surrey docks. And that
6: was every week?
4: Yeah, fortnightly, yeah. So, the, the Mill Games will kick off at 3.15, and um, it was to do with the origins of the sport, which our authorities now have no clue about where our game comes from, but that was the reason why.
3: Yeah, thanks to Daniel, uh, who's tweeted in, basically giving us the same answer. Kim Edwards has said that was, uh, that was her theory as well, so thanks yeah. very much for the tweets this evening. Um 1725 58 is an article. It's at Love Sport Radio on Twitter. Um, let's talk about Ryan Leonard. Millwall boss Neil Harris has said Ryan Leonard is not George Savoy. He's got different attributes. That's uh, a quote from John Kelly. Um, apparently, Harris has praised Leonard's composure as the Lions' record signing scores his first goal for the club. Good goal, too.
6: It was. Nicely
5: taken. Very well taken. You see it coming out to him. We all said in the first half he had that volley that just went wide and um, we all said when he scores it is going to be a screamer Mm. and a couple of us said he'd probably score today. Obviously he went on to fulfil that and it was a very good goal as well. So I think he's looked very good since he joined.
6: The first game I saw Lennon, I thought he's a Millwall type player. He's got that holding position, and after losing uh, Ben Marshall last season, which I say a lot, I feel he's just got that experience. As a great player, and mm. I think he's now showing, bearing the fruits. It's great. Absolutely,
4: it's taken him a little while to get into the swing of things at the Den, hasn't it? And um, Savile was quite a loss. I know that it's easy to get a bit, you know, snippy over George, and his you know, we were a stepping yeah, stone yeah. in his career to warm the bench but up at Liverpool. That, is, that is football. It's, He's always aspired to sit on the bench in Middlesbrough.
5: Been getting a lot of stick from the borough fans this week, hasn't <laughs> he? To be fair, and um, yeah, you know, I think with Leonard's, he's also I think given Sean Williams a bit a bit more of a, a prominent role, probably. You know, he's Williams has already doubled his goal tally from last season. I think he's on to four now. Mm. He only got two in the whole of last year, and one of them was on the last day. So, yeah, you know, adding those goals from midfield, I which we were all worried about when we lost Saville. Well, is Williams and Leonard now going to make up for that
0: Savile
6: was a big player for us last season he scored some great goals obviously mm. that record where he scored the same time in consecutive games yeah. um, mm. you know he's a great set piece player but things change you know and I'm sure the club and Neil Harris thought it was a big loss but what
4: a bit of business by Millwall yeah let's be honest 8 million, mean, George Savile generated 8 million quid
6: and 1 million for Leonard yeah and uh, right
4: that's what I call business and I, I really like the look of Ryan Leonard I think that um, middle type player you, you said it Sam and I think that's that's correct I think he will get ever better I can't see you know now he's got the swing of the den what's required there's there's a certain way you have to play there he's got that he's, he's kind of caught on to that and I, I think we've got a real diamond there. Um.
5: Yeah, he's got that he's got that battling quality what you need and he's also he has got that bit of quality you know you look at even the assist for I think it's Gregory's goal against Sheffield United wasn't the assist that he played over the top Yeah, he's got that bit of quality in him that, and every now and again he is going to score a screen where he has enough efforts from long range to pick up a few goals.
6: And of course Jed Wallace was missing on Saturday. Wallace has been quite a big player this season as he was last season. How did you find the Scalac, Ferguson and do you think we'll see Wallace tomorrow, Lucas?
5: I I think we'll probably see Jed on the bench tomorrow. He's only trained today this week. That's the first time he's trained all week. so He's going to struggle to start. I saw an
3: interesting debate this week mm. about choosing your, your first name on the Millwall team sheet. Yeah. Okay. I thought I'd uh, chuck it at you guys.
4: At the moment, now that he's fit, it would be Hutchinson in defence for me because I don't think there's any coincidence that's a clean sheet that we've kept there against Ipswich. and we've won quite decisively. And... Jed was out for the game, I think. Lucas, he wasn't in yeah, the game. Uh, Yuri Skelton started <clears throat> on the run. Right. We've we've kind of done okay without him, but I think Sean Hutchinson was a real loss in central defence, and now he's coming back. Hopefully, um, you know, to, to full fitness, he would be my first choice in that team.
5: Lucas, I you know, think uh, Jake Cooper for me. The set the, the threat he had from set pieces for one thing at one end, and also this season he's been very good for us at the back. I've, at times, probably been let down by who he's been paired with.
6: Oh, that's a so, good question. That is a good question. Thanks.
5: That's the, that's the point. I've, mi-
6: <laughs> I, I've missed Hutchinson a lot. Was it 13 games without a clean sheet? It seemed like forever, yeah. didn't Amos, it? No? Amos, it Amos hadn't kept too. a clean
5: yeah. sheet in the league until
4: Saturday. But he just brings organisation, Hutchinson. Everything feels more settled and comfortable now. He's back. The only problem I think with our team, and we're, we're picking players each who'd be your first choice. So you're probably going to go through the Jeds, the the, the Sean Hutchinsons, the uh, the Lee Gregorys and so on. But the only problem I have, not problem, the only worry I have is that scratch our surface, and we don't, we're don't. we quite quickly into players that you wouldn't pick naturally as your first choice. I mean, Scalak, I don't know how he did on Saturday, but...
5: Possibly less so than last year. I think, you know, you look last year, if you take Gregory out of that team, mm. you're really struggling, whereas at least this year now, you take Gregory out, you've got Bradshaw, Bradshaw as a direct replacement, yeah. who is a quality player, Yeah, you know, 12 championship goals last year, he's not going to be a bad... Name to have, and I think probably that's what's kicked Gregory on so much this season.
4: I, I really hope that uh, Jake Cooper learns a lot from Sean Hutchinson because I think he he has presence, great player. Yeah, and you know he's
5: big.
6: He knows where the goal is, uh, and
4: he organises. He P- does. P- people he's got listen. The when he talks, people listen, and that's you know that's gold dust. And I think that's what Jake has to develop in his game. He's only young.
3: Yeah, yeah, a lot. Uh, I mean, I've seen a, a few people turn around saying that they reckon Ryan Leonard's become an influential member in that. Yeah. Side so that you know they can see him establishing himself as that first pick on the team sheet. It must
4: take you a while to. I mean, you can't you can't just walk through the door Gel. and be, and be a, a presence. You know, you've got to you've you got, got, yeah. you got to earn obviously it. You've got to earn it. Obviously, where he's good way to put it. And I think Ryan is now. You know, he's 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 shown his um. You know, his, his value. So I think now he will be increasingly influential, and Sean obviously is back now. So. Hopefully the, the, the November and December critical period in the season, um, we, we, it feels a little bit more you know together Settled. than it did maybe a few weeks ago. Do
6: possibly. you feel we've got that formula now? Neil was searching for this winning formula. He knew we weren't quite there. Do you think we're how close are we the to having formula this
4: formula? I like is the long throw from Ryan Leonard onto Jake Cooper's <laughs> head.
5: <laughs> to be fair, <laughs> even keep we've, it simple. He goes
4: into the six yard box.
5: We've looked at this a few times, and we've actually looked at some of his throws up when we've been like looking at the game after. <laughs> And they're not actually that long, some of them. They're not that long. But the one against Ipswich was a lot flatter and did get a bit further. So if he if he keeps delivering them like that, they'll be a lot more influential it was a for
4: player. us. Was it De who had a throw?
5: Now that was a long
4: throw and we we've never really, despite our reputation as a fairly direct side, we've never really had a great long throw artists, you know, we, we, we've had, okay, I mean, Marlon can kind yeah, of make the first bad. the six-yard box just, and then you've got to flick it Carlos on.
5: Carlos Edwards was pretty
4: good. The Fossil. The fossil, yeah, he had a long fossil throw on him, didn't he? Fossil. Um, but we, we we couldn't depend on it because he wasn't, you no, know, he was at that stage of um, his but career. So
6: yeah. the fossil, he was a leader, yeah. Carl, you know, he, he was a very
3: it. experienced. I remember him playing for Luton Town in the FA Cup against Liverpool. I think yes, it was good Jabby Alonso, smashing it in from like the halfway line. And a very classy defender. Yeah, definitely. Were well, he used to play as a right winger? Didn't he? Yeah, Roy Keane signed him as a right winger at Sunderland. Um, but with Rory lap there was one thing I was I was reading in a book somewhere that clubs cottoning onto it. Especially in the late 2000s when they all didn't have these electric scoreboards they used to move the boards closer to the pitch <laughs> so that he <you> couldn't take <laughs> a run up so like literally yeah. at, at, at the Britannia in Stoke they'd make space he'd, he'd ask for a certain amount of space
6: would you have the you ball know? boys like slyly behind the ball no 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 no, they, b- before but the game they just push before them. the
3: game the, the groundsman would, would tuck him in mm. really really close to the side of the pitch so you've only got enough space for the line and yeah. a player and you haven't got enough space to do a run-up so he would have to alter his run-up and kind of do like you know imagine you do like a long side. jump you know and you'd have to go all the way around he was trying to do that kind of thing but, but it, kind of, it
4: kind of puts you off Leonard's longish throw is much much more effective because he's hitting the Unbeatable in the air, Jake Cooper. I mean, yeah, I, I mean even I, Hunter, I want to know who can beat Jake Cooper in the air. You have to be a, you know, Robert Wadlow,
5: biggest man in the world in the Guinness <laughs> Book of Records. I think even shot Hutchinson chance. said, you know, marking him in training is a nightmare. I think he described him as an animal or something. He saw this week and he he's said six six the only six, way to six, stop him Jake? is to foul him. <laughs> yeah, six, he's 6'6, 6'5, is he? Or, uh, but even
6: that, that must be so much fun in training and you're thinking, you know. Not well. marking him.
5: I doubt <laughs> that's any fun. <laughs>
6: No, but
4: but that's was what's brave. producing the, the wild cards. He gets his head to it, it flicks on And suddenly the defensive orders You know, you're all over the place
5: Where he's got joint most assists in the Championship this season But what a taken so. turn
4: for the first goal on Saturday for Lee Gregory took it on his chest And, and spun on a sixpence, literally
3: And, you know
5: Yeah, a few Ipswich players called for a foul But there was um, yeah, very little in it Desperate, desperate stuff they're, they're,
3: They it, are though. really poor. I can't see them st- st- sticking around the season The crowd no, was singing not. there's only one Mick McCarthy to <laughs> <laughs> but they're the ones who, they're the ones who forced him out
0: yeah. they're yeah. the ones
3: who were sitting there you know absolutely lambasting the style of playing don't get me wrong you know th- there were points in time where I-, I remember going I think it was Boxing Day where they were beaten by Fulham and, and the press were just going to absolutely go for him they'd all be sharpening their knives he sits down he goes first of all first of all let me just tell you something <laughs> they're better than us <laughs> yeah. in every department they're better than us and it's just like alright, fair enough, you know, you respect his honesty but he kept them up whenever they needed to start, he kept them up what I don't understand, I think the the bigger picture for Ipswich is what's the owner actually doing there?
4: They, they, they I, I think the fans forced Mick McCarthy out because they, they had, the, had this delusion that there's an Ipswich play, way of playing it's like the West Ham way, isn't it? You know, there's this kind of um, uh, mythical style of play that wins games and looks beautiful and Mick is you know he's not going to play that style of game. He's going to want to win games and did win enough games to keep them in the, in the division. And their second delusion is that they're still competing for the UEFA Cup. You know that's a long time ago. They're now yeah. just a, a middling, second tier side. But accepting that I think it's like being um, it must be like losing your country manor and having to live in the outhouse or something whilst um, you know foreign foreign potentate lives in your old house indeed
6: but the championship is such an exciting division I mean Bolton lost 2-0 or losing 2-0 to Aston Villa and it can chop and change so quickly Millwall in a good position compared to where we were a few weeks ago but it's a hard league
3: yeah it certainly is a hard division and uh, Aston Villa now two goals to the good James Chester grabbing their second at home to Bolton Wanderers we're going to take a break on the back of it talking about Shane Ferguson and uh, his thoughts on a new deal yeah this is your Millwall Fan chat on Lovesport Radio with Ashton Millwall let's um, go to Twitter Crookie has tweeted in Sean Crook Saying I will play Morrison instead of Elliot on Saturday, as even though Elliot wins a lot of headers and deserves this chance, we do not pick up the second ball as much as we do when Morrison plays. #Hashtag Come on, you Lions! Mm.
4: Come
6: on, you Lions! Absolutely. Nick, your thoughts on
4: that? I think um, Morrison and Gregory have a deep understanding, don't they? I think Elliot is, you know, is building that, but he's probably not at Steve Morrison's level. Um, I don't know. I, I, I don't think Tom Elliot has done enough to be dropped. So I, I, I take the point about you know playing Morrison with his. Style and his now, but I I do think we were just saying Lucas he's very much becoming the the impact in the last 20 minutes there was a a a a thing on News at Denon a week about that
5: similar role that Neil Harris had towards the end of his career with Millwall I think now he understands obviously what that was about and now probably is putting Steve Morrison towards that role and as I just said, you know, you can see Steve Morrison, his brain is working a bit quicker than you his body this season. Which I
4: know the feeling. I know the feeling. But there's certain brain's going places
5: your, brain
6: can't, your body can't. You know. True. <laughs> but there's certain <laughs> games when you need to look to the bench to change the game. And could Morrison be that player that is going to come on, yeah. talk, talk, or and change the game? Or do, do, do we start?
3: Well, he's a bit of a leader, isn't he? He's a leader.
6: He's we've got some leaders. I think we've got
5: enough leaders on the pitch without him starting games at the moment does so your
6: preference to start Elliot
5: so I'll, I'd carry on starting Elliot because you know Morrison's not going to be around forever and you've got to give someone that chance to develop the understanding with either Gregory or be at Bradshaw next season if Gregory doesn't stay then you know you've got to give him that chance to at least get a partnership and get some confidence in a Millwall shirt which he was low on before well, this run of games we've
3: talked about it so many weeks on end mm. about how strikers need confidence and strikers need maybe a run of games just to yeah. to get their eye in a bit but then again we don't want him to end up with some of the elite that have played for Millwall you know I'm trying to think of some dodgy names here give me some dodgy names Steve Caber, <laughs> um, basically you know strikers who have like, it's just like oh he played for Millwall how many years like 8 years how many games 176 how many goals 15
4: there was a, there was a, a clip on, on Twitter um, I think there was a game in 2006 Millwall beat Brentford four-one back in two thousand six. Paul, Huber, so. Paul Hubert's—I'd forgotten who Paul Hubert's existed—and there, he, there he is in this very scrappy-looking game. And he, he kind of charged through the central defence of Brentford, and he looked like a world beater.
5: Yeah, he—he actually—I think he got for, one of the assists for, for, the other games, <laughs> for the other goals as well, didn't he? So yeah, <laughs> Not a name the, remember. I remember.
4: I wouldn't—I don't think Tom Elliot's done any—you know—has done anything wrong. hes, he's, he's doing fine actually. I so
6: would you keep the side settled tomorrow? Or do you think we'd see many changes?
4: Um, um, I would keep I, I would, if, if Jed is fit and back and ready to go, and we don't know he might be. I think he's only just back training, trained today, so probably on the bench. If he was fit and good to go, I'd stick uh, Jed Wallace into it. Otherwise, no, I think I'd just stick on the same
5: the, the only other change that could happen is probably Meredith back in for Murray Wallace. But I think <laughs> yeah. Murray Wallace probably did enough this, last Wallace week. Wallace would have been on the on the left side then, wouldn't he? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He, he didn't look too so bad. To be fair, I mean, a bit more solid defensively than Meredith's yeah. been so far this season. Meredith, you know, you can understand that he did have a very long summer and virtually no preseason.
6: The I rig- thought Meredith was a big difference to our run last season. He he was a great player.
4: You don't change winning sides. It's, it's if it ain't broke, don't fix it. It's exactly. I mean, I think, yeah. You know, if if the side got beaten last week, then yes, of course, changes followed. But um, we didn't. We won 3-0. So why would you change that? And also, you- what
6: message does that go out to the players, perhaps? If Neil's asking them to play for the shirt, mm. you know, people waiting in the wings, why would you change it? Yeah.
4: I mean, you know, playing for the shirt we've got Shane Ferguson to talk about, and what a story you know a forgotten man um played in the league one season and kind of disappeared without trace and now he's talking that, you know he's been grilled on news at den for you know his new deal, and he's well, chilled about it
3: we We were talking about it last week, we talked about it in depth i yeah. think uh, on on the main show and the extra as well. we talked about it, and uh, I think Harry made the point of a like, lot, I think. Shane Ferguson's realised he's got bills to pay right? and he's just like started turning in the old performances going I've kind of got to get a contract here <laughs> there was a great
4: Twitter feed a bit like the boring James Milner um, mm. Twitter feed there was one for um, Shane Ferguson which I thought was just classic there was a
5: on Webster one as well at one there point, wasn't there? The, he's
4: disappeared without trace that, as well that,
5: that, that was a couple of years ago now but that was quite good yeah um, <laughs> But Big no, he's uh, something, Byron. I won't say what the middle world <laughs> <Earth> was. <laughs> but he's a man transformer. I don't, you know. Maybe he has
4: discovered he's got bills to pay, or, but, you know, in the summertime, no one would have really known if he'd have left. At all, would I? I mean, you know, I he kind of forgotten he was still with us. So, crazy and now, yeah, and now, so. now we're talking about will he will he take a new deal? So, I mean, there's a story in that, isn't there?
3: Yeah, it? Yeah, certainly is. Um I think the uh, a great it was from this guy called George, who's but best left midfielder from each country, and he's just <laughs> put Shane Ferguson in every well, different... over and above some Shane Spanish well, and Shane, Shane, Shane. <laughs> Shane McFerguson, Shane Le Ferguson, Shane L Ferguson, <laughs> Shane Fergusoni, <laughs> Shane Fergusona. <Shane> <laughs> Uh, Shane Van Ferguson, <laughs> Shane Fergusonino, Shane Al, <laughs> Shane Al Ferguson a World from 11, Saudi Arabia, <laughs> uh, Shane Fergusonovic as well. <laughs> yeah. uh, we're going to be speaking to a former uh, Brentford and Millwall defender slash midfielder. It's been a night of defender slash midfielders. We had Sean Derry on a little bit earlier, but we're, beginning, we're going to be excuse me, talking to Scott Barron next. 9.31, this is Love Sport.
2: The Opposition View on Love Sport.
3: Yeah, time for the Opposition View, and one man who spent five years at Millwall, uh, plus a, a couple at Brentford, and a couple at Ipswich as well. A few at mm. Ipswich Town. This this must be, it's, it's, it's just been a few Millwall heavy weeks uh, for Scott Barron. Scott, how are you? Yes, well, thanks. How are you? Yeah, all good, all good, thanks. I mean, Millwall, Ipswich last week, um, you know, Brentford, Millwall tomorrow, you, you just can't get enough of the lines right now. <laughs>
2: Yeah, there's a few derbies going on for in terms of myself and my career. Yeah, now I'm looking
3: forward to tomorrow. Yeah, um, first and foremost, five seasons at Millwall. What was the uh, the overriding uh, overriding memory, and what was it like uh, playing at the Den?
2: Yeah, I mean overall, it's, it's a very positive memory for myself. Uh, it's quite a good period in the club. Um, you know, I went there right at the bottom of League One they were at the time uh, under Willie Donaghy, uh, and then Kenny Jackett came in soon after and. The rest is history. Really, really, a successful period for five years, and ended up leaving in the championship. But yeah, mainly fun memories. Yeah, a lot of fun memories, particularly the den.
4: And you assisted Paul Robinson, I understand, in the in the in the playoff final. Lucas, has just reminded me, Scott, <laughs> in, the, in the playoff final in 2010.
1: No, not the past no. final, no. It's, it's semi-final. Semi-final.
6: Well, it's yes,
2: all fading no. into one
4: long long memory <laughs> for me. Yeah,
2: yeah, I ended up playing right back in that final. Oh, right. Well, yeah. You did. But mm-hmm.
6: that was good. Did you ever um, see Neil be a manager or did you sort of always think he would one day return as the gather? I think the
2: only... The only thought that he might not would be that he didn't want to ruin his legacy. Um, He was obviously a a big Millwall legend at the time, uh, playing with him. He was a great player and and a great bloke, really, and really, really loved Millwall more than probably anyone else there. So I just thought the only reason he might not would be just because he didn't want to ruin that legacy. But if you just take it on how he was as a bloke and how he loved the club and how he thought about football, yeah, I definitely thought he would uh, transition into that if he wanted to.
6: How do you think the Lions are going to do this season? Obviously, it's uh, been a bit of a bumpy start, um, as always, and you know more than the most. But how do you think the rest of the season is going to go?
2: Well, yeah, they've picked up the last four or five games, haven't they? Um, and they are, yeah, climbing the table again. I think the, the league's so tight. I mean, league positions hard to read into really you can be 16th or you can be 8th and you know, only a few points in between you so i think overall the start of the season has been kind of how expected i think they had a very turbulent summer with a you know a lot of their better players getting a lot of attention which is probably the first time you no i've had that in a while really um i think now they're settled again and, and that's over i expect them to come the table a little bit more um can they reach the playoffs um, or finish the high as they did last season? I think it's going to be really tough. Um, but I certainly don't expect them to be in a relegation battle, that's
4: for sure. It's a tough league, Scott, isn't it? I mean, the, the Championship nowadays is, is very much a, a money-driven division, a bit you know, like a Premier League too in many respects. It becomes very hard for small clubs like Millwall and, and Brentford, to be, to be fair, to compete uh, you know, against some of the bigger names that are in the, in the division.
2: Yeah, I think Brentford have been competing at, at the level with a low budget for quite a number of years now and done terrifically well. I think they're an example um, for will really, if they can emulate that and really you know, establish themselves in the championship as a championship club and then gradually just get a bet, better year on year. I think that's the aim. It's very tough for them to jump you know, out of the championship and be a, a top six club um, without that backing, without that funding. So I think Brentford, in terms of how they've gone about it the last four years, are probably a a really good example and aim for Mill to establish themselves really
3: do, do you think that Brentford need to change their business model you know move away from this sort of moneyball style of things if they are to, to push on from where Dean Smith left them obviously you know they, they've always been sort of nearly men you know um, and and have lacked that maybe maybe some would say that that depth firstly and, and just a little bit of quality sometimes um, proven quality maybe do, do you think they need to move away from it and change things up
2: No, I don't really. No, um, I don't see how they can either with financial fair play. uh, You're under sort of strict guidelines of how much you can sort of pump into your squad. And I think the way they've done it, uh, Brentford Brentford is probably to the best of their ability really of what they have at their disposal. Uh, I think they've done it really well. Uh, If they suddenly start going away from what they've done previously and start, I don't know, bringing in more experienced and more expensive players, I think they're quickly going to find out... um, that it wouldn't work really, and they wouldn't buy into you know what, what Brentford are all about. I think they've got young players who buy into you know have, have something to prove, sorry, and, and buy into a philosophy and a, and a style of play um, and grow with the club. I think if you start bringing in people with a little bit more experience, have been there, done it, and, and more money, it might be a bit disruptive to what they're trying to do.
4: Scott, you just mentioned the the Brentford philosophy, and something that's always interested me as a as a player. Um, obviously, the Millwall style is is, is somewhat different to Brentford. We, we're known for, you know, hitting the ball longer, perhaps, than Brentford would do the more possession, passing base side. But as a player, do you do you enjoy one style over the other? Do you you know do you prefer to pass the ball, you, uh, or do you prefer to you know? I know you're playing to orders to to an extent, but what what would you? What was your preferred style, shall we say?
2: Um, it's a tricky one, really. I think most players, if you ask them how do you want to play, you want to play, uh, you know, beautiful football yeah. on the deck, and everybody, you know, likes to think they're yeah. a really good techni- technical <laughs> gifted footballer. Um, but that's just an ego for footballer a lot of the time. You know? um, I-, I think everyone likes winning games, really. Uh, so, yes. <laughs> however, however you win games uh, is how you prefer to play, and I think Millwall have an identity as a club. Um, always have done and always will, and I think there's a certain way you have to play. Um, and it, it, it's tricky, like you like to like play nice short passes and, and technical football, but there's no better feeling really than when you're up and at them at the den and it's 100 <laughs> miles an hour and, and you know you're winning games up against it. It's a sort of different feeling, you can't really explain it unless you've played in it. But to say one way is better than the other, I don't really think there is a right way, you've got to suit what. Uh, what you've got at your disposal like, like Brentford do and like will do.
3: Scott, where are we looking at, uh, on the pitch for, the, for sort of the key one-on-ones because that's that's become quite a uh, like a, a nouveau way of looking at football the 1v1 battle. <laughs>
2: <laughs> I think it'll be more it's going to be a complete clash of styles tomorrow um, quite obviously. Um, Brentford will play with a with a midfield three and, and Mill will have a sort of midfield four or a midfield two depending on how you look at it and I think that'll be quite an important battle. I think Millwall, when they played two two in the middle of all, was outnumbered in the centre of the park. Um, so the two midfielders normally have to get through a lot more work. And if they get overrun and Brentford get a foothold in the game and really control that area, um, it, it could be a long afternoon. But I don't really see them getting overrun too often, particularly lately. I think Leonard's come in and done really well. And I think how them two do... Um, Williams and Leonard in the middle will be really important, really, how you stop Brentford, particularly
4: at Brentford's home place. Uh, Scott, I'm just looking at your Wikipedia page here, mate. I'm just looking at you're your doing um, a thing now with, with footballers dealing with off-pitch off problems. That's that's quite an interesting change of direction for you.
2: Yeah, it's a different line. I mean, it's still very much involved in football. I retired yeah. five years ago now, and uh, football's all you've known, so I wanted to stay within the game. Um, and now you deal with, yeah, people players off the pitch problems and not just problems but enhancing their, their media profile and right. commercial activity and stuff like that so i really enjoy it to be honest it's um it's a different line it's not not the same as playing you can never you know replicate that by no. playing um i was going to say scoring goals, but i didn't do that but <laughs> <laughs> no. Yeah, no, it was, um, it's good i'm enjoying it to be honest Good answer.
3: how do we uh, how do we see things going tomorrow scott
2: like I touched on there, it's a complete contrast of styles, but I think it's quite an evenly matched game. I think um, Brentford have struggled lately uh, for results, but probably, well, we'll definitely think they should have come away more uh, since Thomas Frank got in there from their from three games. I think they've been a little bit hard done by in terms of points accumulated in the three games. So Mill will have hit a bit of form, you know, they've brought in... I uh, you, you know, eulogising a little bit about uh, Shane Ferguson before. Uh, he's come in and done really well. Ryan Leonard just mentioned Tom Elliott's come into the side. They've added a little bit of fresh impetus and maybe some new ideas. Um, and they'll go into it believing. I really think both teams will believe they'll win. I know a lot of teams say that, but I do I believe both think they'll win. And um, I think it's going to be a tight game, quite an interesting game.
3: Yeah, it certainly is. Thank you so much for joining us, uh, former uh, Brentford and uh, Millwall star. Scott Barron there with us on Love Sport. Yeah, big thanks to Scott Barron for giving us the opposition view. Uh, should we carry on with our, our, our Brentford preview? Yeah, why not? Yeah. Looking forward to it?
6: Yeah. haven't Like I said, they haven't won in eight games. They're going to be up for it. It's a derby as they come in the championship. They, they need to break the deadlock. Millwall on a run.
4: It's always an interesting game, isn't it? There's, there's always a whenever I've been to Griffin Park, I'm always kind of stood to the left of the of the away end, <clears throat> and there's a guy that always gets called Jesus in the crowd. Have you seen him? He's got like long <laughs> hair and beard. I
5: think I've seen him on Twitter. <laughs>
4: <so>. <laughs> he was, he's there, been there the last couple of years. So I'm expecting Jesus is to, he, is to he get Is He's as famous out. as Tango. Give man. us away, Tango man. Remember Tango from, from man from Sheffield yeah. Wednesday. Yeah, the orange guy the well, North yeah, he should take a shirt on. Yeah, and do this
3: kind of snow
4: something will shine that's a northern thing taking your shirt off in cold weather yeah
3: it? but I think it was because he was like he was part of the tango advert as well you got, you've been you got tango you got and, and you've been tango you've been tango that's the one he was part of that advert but tango man was like a proper legend do you know what should I hear a funny story just, just completely off topic yep. I won a competition 1997 yeah <laughs> In 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 <laughs> on the junior Fred the Red competition.
6: Fred the Red. <laughs> Fred
3: the Red. Yeah, the, mascot, the main mascot. Mayotte mascot. And, oh, and I got oh. a hospitality trip to Old Trafford. Yeah, for me and my old man, which is brilliant. Not in our regular seats. Got to go into like just behind the away fans, okay. which is now a TV studio. Right. And uh, we were there in hospitality, and I was like, oh, this is brilliant, it's great, yeah, lovely. Then suddenly, this enormous man comes and stands in front of the window, and it's Tango Man. <laughs> <laughs> takes his shirt off. <laughs> I can't really remember watching the game. just had a view of his back. Basically, and he has just tattoos and stuff. I just can't really remember much of it. Yeah, I drew Fred the Red, it was very good.
6: Well, well done. An artist here on loves football. Well, no, it was Dr. Um, dot. To dot. <laughs> how do you think it's going to go tomorrow? What's your. Opinion. My opinion.
3: I can see Mill being dogged, being tough. Brentford has some quality players in there, though. Like you yeah, look at do. players like Watkins, why Main it, Why is Sawyer's. their
6: season gone the way it is at the moment? Why are they struggling?
4: Dean Dean Smith has
3: gone.
6: Yeah, uh, but even then, I don't, hand is he, not he, on the he tiller.
3: Pull up many trees, you know. Um, every, everyone talks about this Brentford style of play, and, and like like Brentford actually achieved something. With all due respect, and this is not me. You know, everyone. I'm going to put it out there everyone here a lot of Brentford fans think I've got this sort of agenda against Brentford because you know I used to follow Fulham and Mm. you know cover them and no it's not a case of that but if you are going to go and do something and change the style of play of a club and you know what play good football X Y Z, people aren't going to go. Oh yeah, he's so he's so good. You know, like they're really really good, but they've won nothing or on a bit, much much higher level. That's a Spurs thing as well, isn't it? I mean, it's
4: all very. They well. play. great football. If you're a winning Jack, they they, 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 they they
3: won nothing. They haven't been promoted you know um, everyone talked about Brentford as the outsiders of promotion I always think that Matthew Benham's method of, of buying players from Scandinavia and Ireland is, is going to ruin them eventually because if they do get to the Premier League they will be in big trouble how many players can you afford to bring in look what? at Fulham in fact talk mm. about Fulham look at them this season how many they brought in mm. exactly because they operated on the money board, they went looking in France, looking in in deep Europe, in you know Liga in France, and yeah, and, yeah. and you know the, the sort of French footballing pyramid to, to find players like Aite and Cabano and all these different players. But when it comes to Premier League, they're not good
5: enough. Mm. When you look at even with Southampton, you know there's only so many times you can keep replacing your best players. They, now they're they really struggling after continually losing the best players every year.
3: But I also just wonder in January. I mean, you know, someone like Ollie Watkins, mm. if someone like Stoke City or West Brom or someone comes and offers them six, seven, eight million pounds, they'll mm. go. Meppin, uh, Chris Meppham you know, was, uh, was under offer uh, from Bournemouth. They've got so many players who, who Matthew Benham will just flog. He will Rico sell Henry,
5: them.
3: Rico Henry, as well.
6: I think Mill will maybe play Brentford at the right time.
3: <laughs> I mean, I, I was
4: impressed with beating us beating Whipswich because they were on, on the rocks. Um, Brentford maybe not quite on the rocks in the same way, but they're certainly in a dip of form, so it's a good time to be playing them. And we do seem to have a side that can can go to places like this and, and perform in the Millwall style. And
6: I feel it feels like a bit of a, And let's hope it stays that way. You know, Millwall were in such a low place a couple of weeks ago, mm. and it does feel like it was perhaps longer than that. You know, two wins at yeah. home, but it was also good performances at Reading. I Reading game, how... Millwall didn't win that game. Yeah, because very be me This, this <laughs> is
4: also the um, I think Griffin Park is due to be gone next season. They have got this new
3: stadium. Yeah, is it Apple being I developed for next season or is uh, it? Well, well I, think I, d- I, think so. I, I do pass it every day. Well, they haven't. De- they've delayed it themselves because basically, according to a couple of people who who often appear on this yeah. uh, on this radio session yeah. Billy the B uh, he told me that there are strict regulations I, th- I think it's by the Football League or the FA or something it might be the Football League rather than the Premier League but the Football League in terms of you know, moving into grounds mid-season they give you one set date if you're not moved in by that date then you can't move in you have to move into at the end of the season or when there's effectively a gap so close season because were they to be
4: promoted, and obviously yeah. it's a Millwall show not a Brentford show, but there would be in all sorts of problems with Griffin Park in Premier League teams. would we with the den.
3: I, I'll be <laughs> honest though. I'll be honest. Like I'm, I'm all for you know old school grounds. I love an old school. Oh, ground. Yeah, Griffin Park is very tired. It
4: it, it is. Um, it has character which you know it? It, uh, that's a good, good word character i <laughs> like an estate agent I'm Phil off of the location location <laughs> location show it's got character we've <laughs> <It's> got <laughs> character. Aaron talking about
6: moving in dates you lose your property when if you, you haven't um, got the keys you've got Nick
4: Luton's like this when when you enter an arsenal oh, actually Lutons to the grid, old hybrid Luton's ground, ground you would go past someone's bathroom as you enter the, the, well, yeah.
3: the side stand you K- K- Kenilworth Road was brilliant you you literally crossed that sort of bridge even
4: frightened Park's like that as well yeah that's like it because these are tight old school grounds um I haven't seen a new stadium I'm going to guess it's an identical brand new modern stadium so fine and, you know, that's all, all good but you do lose some identity it's a
3: weird one there new grand I mean I don't know how well you know the area I know the area pretty well because that's, that's sort of where I'm you know, based mm. these days but that part of London is so hard to find a bit of plot of land yeah, in just yeah. some somewhere to build they found, found it's in a triangle Right. So I mean the den's not in a triangle but it's in it's sandwiched between two between railway lines, yeah. yeah. This yeah. is the same thing. It's it's got a railway line, it's got right. the M four and whatnot. But the key element to this is that they can't expand it. It's a capacity of seventeen two fifty.
4: Right. And
3: there's no way of expansion. And I spoke to the Brentford cars and said surely that's just I don't know if that's then being unambitious, whatever it is, he goes. Well, they've got 17,250 17, and fifty, and they're happy with it.
4: Bournemouth are making a living with you know not not a hugely, um, much bigger stadium. They got a rich owner
5: though. It's Twelve yeah. thousand. They got a very yeah, rich yeah, owner. That's Max what and Dermen, who money talk. You know,
3: pe- yeah. people turn around and they 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 salute the job that Eddie Howe did to get them out of the championship. Steady but yeah. they had some serious serious some budget in the championship to bring in quality players like they did. And and th- if you look at their squad in the championship, it was quality. You know, and and they've carried on. Look, look at that. How can you do that? You know, have 10,000 capacity ground and, and carry on operating like they do. But, you know, certain clubs have turned around and, you know, I've spoken to CEOs of clubs and directors and whatnot. They've said that. Attendances are meaning less and less and less, and we we had it with the I Follow debate. Mm. You know that clubs aren't really bothered whether you turn up or not. They want tourists, in granted, and they will always get yeah. tourists. But the regular lay fan, they're not really interested. And the Chelsea guys before you, they were they were arguing about this Nike thing. You know they want a mega store mm. or a sh- club shop. Effectively, they don't want a mega store like a night mega store where you sit sitting there and you're forced to trawl through night t shirts, generic night t shirts, to actually get to a Chelsea book or a DVD or a mug or something. Yeah. And that's all they want is a shop. Yeah. Where you can go in, you can get a Chelsea mug or a <laughs> t shirt or, a, book With or a football stadium attached. <laughs> so,
4: but no, like the, like the
6: old, school, sh- the old yeah. school club shop. Yeah, I mean, no, even yeah, yeah. We talk one, about yeah. the 12th man at Millwall. Millwall's <laughs> yeah. away following, home following. Yeah. It's incredible and the noise they make. And how many times do people talk about the fans and the difference, the fans getting on the players' backs? You know, and I think it's sad. I think the game, you know, I feel yeah. sorry for clubs that. They can't get the bubble
4: in the sea. The, England sanitized. played Croatian and closed oh, the state. Oh, and the ghost. So, you know... Uh of course, it lacked atmosphere There's no one in the stadium. But that, in in a nutshell, that's that's the difference fans make. If you forget that, you're starting to, to actually lose the whole point of of what the sport is. I don't think football is merely a club shop attached to Stamford Bridge or or, or you know Craven College or whatever. It's got to be something more than that. I, I sometimes catch myself sounding a bit romantic about it, but it, it, it's got to be more than. I, just think, I think
3: I think the commercial. point the point I was trying to make is is the commercialisation, the
4: over
6: commercial
3: that. Yeah. you know, well, the s- fact that clubs are so interested in in
4: Brands. In money, effectively, well, look at this European Super League. I mean, there's the story of tonight. There's a, there's a, a full you know formation of the biggest names in Europe. It looks as boring as hell to me. I mean, I, I can't imagine. We've well, got that, that, that story League, always that
3: does rear its head.
4: I mean, <coughs> it's, it's whenever on, uh, the top to, six to to get form to the company a to potentially to
3: be. To be honest, I'll, I've always said you know I've, I've I've been a season ticket holder, a fan. I follow my club in Europe, but the day they go into the European Super League is they'll jack it all in because yeah. it's just like what's the point now yeah. we are, we are losing touch with football is losing touch with the fans Absolutely, 100% you know and i think that's why um, it, it's, it's so crucial to, I think to we're carry at on. And, you know, support support. You know, if you've got a non-league team, go and support them. You mm. know, I I think. Oh yeah, yeah. I agree if, with if, that. Yeah. If if you see someone that's doing something properly, go and support. It.
4: Support your local team wherever you live in the country. I mean, support your local club. That should be what it's all about. Unfortunately, kids now are, are, are treated to what was that a FIFA game? You know, and there's yeah. this idea that, that football is played in in the Burnable Stadium and not at Dagenham and Redbridge or somewhere you know, it's, yeah, I mean, I f- I it's think a sad loss there
5: were some stats at the start of the season that came out about the revenues of football clubs and I think Millwall were one of the few clubs who had their, over 50% of their revenue or something like that coming from actual tickets that shirt sales, sales must be max- massive I don't
6: think <laughs> Aaron could probably back me up on this people don't go into football to make money the owners and they, no. Don't. No. Now they don't. No. They don't make do. money. You can't make money. Of course you
4: can. Yes, you can. Of course, yeah, you at the can. very highest levels. You Nowadays, know, you do. Very
6: but the majority of owners lose money.
4: Uh, the, the, the owners at the, at the Manchester City end, and I, I guess to a degree to the, the Glazers and, and, and United and, and so on. The, yeah, they're in it for the, the they're in it for the vanity. They're not there to
3: lose that much money. I mean, I'd, shake, I'd, what, I'd highly Horses. disagree. I think the Manchester United owners, and it's it's been publicly known. You know, these are the people who, who have withdrawn a billion pounds in cash out of the club. They've mortgaged it to the hill after mm. a, it was on a sign, sound financial footing on the stock market. They've mortgaged a the club to the hill. They've withdrawn a billion pounds in cash out of it and they continue to, to, to get lucrative commercial deals in so that they keep on making money.
5: Just, it's just sheer, sheer well, greed. Didn't the other day they announced some partnership with like, some medical equipment company. Mate,
3: forget that. They've got a Korean tofu supplier sponsor. Well, you it's need great. that. You the need tractor. That. The tractor. <laughs> Official tractor sponsor of Manchester United. You go to the game, you want a bit of tofu. We all need a tractor. They don't even sell the tofu at the. I'll tell you one thing. Very quickly. They had a, a partnership with a Mexican crisp company during Fergie's last season, and everyone got annoyed because they got rid of Pringles, and they started <laughs> throwing the crisps on the pitch. Uh, let's have your predictions. Brentford versus Millwall tomorrow, 3
6: o'clock at Griffin Park. 3-1 to the Lions.
3: 2-1, Millwall. 1-0. This, of course, is available via lovesportradio.com. Join us on the extra, because we're going to be talking about Halloween, an imported American event. Yes. That one available uh, on iTunes, whatever you're doing. We'll be on the, uh, the Spotify. Uh, on d- don't forget... That's my key message going to the weekend. Saturdays are for football. Whatever you're doing, wherever you are, go to the football. Don't sit around, don't spend it in the shopping centre. Thanks to producer Paddy, of course, all this week, and Joe outside as well. I'll catch you Monday night from 7 as we talk all things West Ham.